Watching at home, DCK Productions proudly brings to you the greatest podcast in the world. Oh, the greatest podcast in the world? Suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. I appreciate it if you both suck it. Suck it. We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. I fucked up. My mic was muted. Let's try this again. And welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome. Derek, how is everybody tonight? It is Thursday, October. October 1st of the horrible year that has been 2020. October for it is so weird to say that. It's October 1st already. Whoo! Whoo! In fucking sane. That's all I gotta say. Insane. You know, it felt like yesterday was September. <laughs> Did everyone remember to wake up Green Day? Just saying. Did everyone wake up? Remember to wake up Green Day. If you don't get that joke, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Hey, that song "Wake Me Up When September Ends" was a joke. Apparently, didn't go over well. So that's cool. So some fun and interesting stuff going on in the in the lovely world that is today. I'm just. I'm so sick of. I, I I can't. I can barely watch TV anymore. You know, um, commercials come on. It's like okay, I'm just gonna change it, do something else, and move on with my fucking day because I just can't anymore. I can't. These campaign ads and the coronavirus and then this and then that and then that and then that. This. When is it gonna end? You know, I, I'm staying. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to be, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm trying to have some fun with it all. But damn, it's just, it's just this rolling ball of shit. But isn't that how it goes? It's just how it goes. So today is Friday Eve. Friday Eve. Whew. 
Looking forward to the weekend. You know, right now in Northern Virginia, it's about 55 degrees. It's supposed to get down to like 45 tonight. Windows are open. The fall leaves are starting to change. And just, ugh, so beautiful. I hope, you know, everyone else is enjoying a cool down. If you're not, I'm sorry. But if you are, enjoy it because it's, it's, it's nice. So nice. So, um, I do have a guest tonight, like I do every night, but I'm not sure where he is. So I'm going to text my PR lady and find out what's going on. So I'm going to wait for her to text me back and see what she says. But anyway, um... Like I said, I'm not going to focus on that at all because it's just not something I want to even play with. Because, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, do I even want to bother? No, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here tonight. So, while I'm doing that... I can get my damn computer to work. All right. So, I've done this segment before. I'm going to do it again. Because it's fun. Um, one of my favorite sections of Reddit is the Today I Learned section. Some people will go there often. Some people don't. But I enjoy it. It's funny as shit. And I'm going to read you some of the things that Today I Learned about. Today I learned, in 2014, Pope Francis said he would baptize aliens if they asked. He did not want to, to close doors to green Martians with long noses and big ears, and that's in quotes. In 2010, a papal astronomer also said he would baptize aliens if asked. He said, any entity, no matter how many tentacles, it has a soul. So that's, that's fun. Um, yeah. Today I learned that major Pentagon of Pentagon officials <laughs> once called five guys and requested them to break their no-delivery rule. Not only did they refuse, the restaurant's founder ordered a 22-foot banner saying, absolutely no delivery, and hung it in the front of the store. Business from the Pentagon <laughs> from Pentagon employees actually increased because of this. <laughs> uh, um... You know, that's pretty funny that the fucking government think they can just call, you know, I know you have a policy where you don't want to, you know, deliver food because, you know, whatever the case might be, but we're going to try anyway. We're the fucking Pentagon, motherfuckers. Yeah, we're not listening to you. No, 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 no. I don't think you understand. We're the fucking Pentagon. We can fucking bomb you in like five seconds. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. We're not, we're not delivering you food. <laughs> And besides, even if they were going to deliver food, why the fuck would anyone want to have to deal with the security to go to the fucking Pentagon just to bring some fucking burgers? <laughs> Aaron, I know you're just bringing us burgers, but it could be a bomb. Let me go ahead and pat you down. Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, today I learned that Freddie Mercury spent his last months recording as many vocals as he could. For the rest of Queen to finish after his death. 
I actually knew that beforehand. Um, I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan, as most of you guys know. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, dude was frail and feeble, you know, his last few months. and But he wanted to continue his legacy, and, you know, I, I get it. Rest his soul. But anyway, moving on. The last duel fought in Canada was in 1873 over a woman. Upon turning and firing, one duelist fell to the ground. Both duelists unknowingly had blanks loaded in their guns by, by their seconds. The one man fell because he fainted with fear. That's pretty fucked up to where you have a second that's going to fucking load your gun and they load them with blanks. Now, was there a fucking, like, you know, a coup going on and they just kind of worked together and said, hey, we're going to fucking do this? Or did they just both think that simultaneously? Because if they did, that's pretty fucked up. Because... Say, for instance, was like, you know, actually, I want this bitch for myself, so I'm going to go ahead and put blanks. <laughs> ah, that's fucked up. I will pay you a hundred dollars. Man, people are fucking funny. Today I learned an Indian man lost his mother as his village had no ambulance. So he vowed that no one should die because of lack of transportation to any medical facility. Thereafter, he converted his own bike into an ambulance to transfer poor villagers to a nearby hospitals for free. That's pretty cool. Good for him. Um, no. So, here's another one. Today I learned Bismarcky. Everyone knows the rapper Biz Marquis. Um, he made a couple appearances in like uh, um, Men in Black and had a really unique style and voice. But he also was known for his song Just a Friend. But you say he's just a friend. But you say, oh baby, you. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. That's how he sounded too. But none of the people he invited showed up at the studio. So he sang the song himself. He wasn't supposed to sing the chorus at all. So he did it himself. Even though he's got a terrible voice. Oh, baby, you! You got what I need! <laughs> That's pretty insulting. How many fucking people did he invite that just didn't decide to show up? You know? Is that just what happens? You know, people just kind of like, you know, hey, whatever, it's cool. Uh. All right. Today I learned that the mere existence of other galaxies in the universe has only been known by humans for roughly a hundred years. Before that, it was believed that the Milky Way contained every star in the universe. Um, I, I had an idea of that. I just wasn't sure about the timeline. Today I learned that George Washington was so afraid of being buried alive that he wanted his seemingly deceased body to be laid out for three days. 
just to make sure that he was really dead. Whoa. Is that where lying in state comes from? Just curious. Because, uh, that'd be stanky. Damn, back then, too, you know, in the 1800s, you know, shit. I don't think they had preservation tools back then. Or did they? I don't fucking know. Today, during, uh, today I learned during his tenure, Theodore Roosevelt had a lion, a coyote, a hyena, a black bear, and a zebra living on White House grounds at various times. Also, he shot one, excuse me, 11,397 creatures, including endangered animals. He also hired people to find remains of a mammoth, which he was successful in procuring. <sighs> Theodore Roosevelt, good old Teddy Roosevelt, kept a hyena, black bear, coyote, lion, a zebra on White House grounds. That's pretty messed up. Can you imagine if somebody did that today? Can you imagine what PETA would do to that motherfucker? Oh my god. There's some things you just don't do, and that's one of them. You know? That's just one of them. <laughs> Today I learned that the FDA allows food manufacturers to include up to 20% more calories, sugars, total fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, and sodium than they declare in the nutrition facts on the label. So, little 411 for everybody out there. When it says fat-free, or when it says half the fat, anytime they lower the fat content, they up the sugar content. Okay? <coughs> Therefore, they can keep some flavor and you know keep some other stuff going on. So, just keep that in mind. Um, especially, you know, if you are, you know, trying to lose weight. Because on top of that, if you're trying to lose weight, and, and you know... By no means am I telling you how to shop or am I, you know, a dietitian. No, I'm just a, you know, ex-athlete who, you know, used to be a personal trainer as well and stuff like that and has a bit of a knowledge about nutritional health. So I'm just going to tell you this. Don't shop the aisles. Shop the perimeter. Produce. Vegetables. You know, well, produce is vegetables, but produce, meat, deli. Dairy, frozen, those types of stuff, that's where I would stick with. Um, you know, you know, even if you were like, you know, buy pasta, my suggestion is go to the deli section and buy the fresh, fresh pasta in the cooler section, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, just keep it simple, stupid. Okay? That's with me. But that is a fact. 20% more calories, sugars, total fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, and sodium than they declare on the nutritional facts. Whew. I can add up real quick. Today I learned a German man reported his car stolen in 1997 and found it 20 years later. It was, the, it was in the same spot where he left it, but was so old by that point that he could no longer drive it. So it wasn't really stolen. He just forgot where the fuck he parked it, apparently. How fucking smart is that guy? <laughs> Thank you.
Today I learned that the MS and MSNBC stands for Microsoft, as the network is a collaboration between Microsoft and NBC. I, that I did not know. I did not know that. That's pretty fucking cool. And the joke that I made now has a has a Today I Learned section. Today I Learned that Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day is about lead singer Billy Joe Armstrong's father dying of esophageal cancer on, on September 1st, 1982, when Billy was 10 years old. <laughs> that sucks. Um, just, just a reminder, reminder. Make sure what Green Day got woken up today. All right, so that is the Today I Learned section of Reddit. And my guest has joined me. Or it looks like he has. So, my guest tonight is a filmmaker, a novelist, and a medical advocate. I can't talk today. Medical advocate. Um, Wrote a book. Does a lot of cool stuff. And we're going to have a nice conversation about some stuff tonight. And kind of... uh, talk about some stuff that really kind of matters um especially with today being the kickoff of uh national breast cancer month i'm sure he's got some opinions on that kind of stuff as well and i can see him shaking his head in the green room right now so i'm sure he's got a lot to say and i'm gonna be the megaphone for him to say it so please without any further ado please welcome to the show mr jt maticus thanks for having me so sorry about the uh, mix-up what happened my alarm didn't didn't remind me and I thought for some reason I'm, 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 something's not right. That's uh, all good, man. I, I always have a backup plan if somebody's running a little bit late. That's no big deal. Oh, good, good. So sorry about that. I'm, I'm here now. I'm here. I'm at exactly. Your, uh, <gasps> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. I have no problems with it. Um, but anyway, how are you? How's everything going? Man, uh, it's it's been crazy. Uh, I mean, we had the coronavirus. And now we have fires everywhere. Um, I know, right? Uh, you know, I wear a mask, so I I, I haven't been shaving. <laughs> so uh, it's been uh, it's been it's been crazy. Um, it's uh, the air the air quality is horrible in this area, and I feel like uh, I think we lost more deaths in the last month in uh, Northern California and probably in Southern California due to the air quality than we have to the coronavirus, which is uh, really it's very concerning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you think about it. Uh, your your body is a machine, and uh, if your body say is an engine, and uh, an engine needs uh, air, that's why it has an air intake, and that air intake gets clogged, well, the engine kind of dies. Um, yeah. And your lungs are that kind of uh, air intake. If it gets clogged up, uh, you you know you suffer. Or if you have a say a weakened uh, system, maybe you're elderly or you you're an asthmatic. Uh, then uh, it's 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 rough, and people get sent to the hospitals, and um, and it's a it's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with uh, you know coronavirus the way it is, and you know affecting breathing and stuff like that. I'm sure it, that's not helping causes anything anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, imagine you have a virus on top of the the smoke. So let's say you're trying to recover from from the virus. And then all of a sudden now you have smoke you also have to deal with um that also can send you it's kind of a double uh, double-edged sword right there send you to the hospital and and uh put you on uh you know god forbid a, a ventilator where it is yeah. to, to stick a tube down your throat basically to help you breathe which is uh you know, no, fun. no fun <laughs> it's yeah. no fun I, i've been there done that and i don't know it's not fun um 
But I mean, the smoke from the uh, the fires I've heard has reached as far as like New York and stuff like that. Yeah, um, the, the smoke uh, smoke just doesn't disappear. Um, I mean, uh, we've we've burned <laughs> so much uh, acreage in uh, this year alone. I think that uh, you know we always have this uh, this carbon saying uh, every year we're allowed a certain amount of carbon emission. And uh, this year alone, I think we're uh, probably about five years of carbon emission for for the state of California uh, alone, um, and still, and we're still on fire. So, we, uh, you know, if there is uh, climate change, we're not helping the situation. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Nope. Um. Yeah. Um. So you know. I did a little bit of research about you. Um, I don't really don't do too much research on on my guests. So like, well, I don't. Because the reason why is because everything that I can I want to know about you is going to come from your mouth. I like to know stuff about you. Why am I going to go read the exact same article that you know was done about you a couple different times and get the exact same answers? And I don't want to hear it from the article. I want to hear from your from hear from you directly. Um, because that's what starts a real conversation, and that's how I like. Because it's not an interview; it's a conversation. Right. Um, so you know, therefore, we're gonna have real in-depth conversations. Because especially for me, if I already know the answer to the question, I'm not gonna ask you about it for the audience to know. But now I'm just as curious as the audience is. So that's how I usually do things. Um, but I do know that you went to med school. I know you went and did a lot of cool stuff, and now you've kind of transitioned to what you're doing now. What kind of led to what you're doing now? I mean. How did you get to this point? Uh, so I, uh, I, I, uh, I was in med school for uh, a long time, about uh, five years. And, uh, and I was uh, kind of hopping from different medical school to different medical school. Um, uh, a couple of reasons. One, uh, just uh, I was ill for about three of those years, four of those years. And, uh, and I kind of just, you know, went through the, the, the medical school left it for a while to to get diagnosed you know looking for a final diagnosis hence my title of my series for the novel and uh, and finally uh, I ended up uh, the, uh, going to three different medical schools the second medical school as I was leaving it and transitioning into the uh, third medical school I had a eureka moment I diagnosed myself and so I went to the third medical school got healthy got cured got diagnosed uh, had surgery in even in Poland to 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 cure my illness, and I'm not going to mention the illness because if you want to know more about it, you got to read my book, you got to read my novel. You know, it's it's a lot of it's based off of my uh, experience getting this final diagnosis. Of course, my my disease is not the only disease you'll find in the novel, uh, and so after I got healthy, actually, I, I became uh, I think more likable. You know, when you're suffering, when you have a chronic illness, you're you're kind of a miserable miserable person and uh you know i dated girls but i don't think the girls like dating me <laughs> you know i wasn't very pleasant you know i was always in pain i was suffering i was cranky it wasn't sleeping well yeah you know, i looked like a in a sense i kind of looked like a drug addict <laughs> and um so i got healthy i met uh the woman of my dreams uh we got pregnant first and got married uh you know it kind of happened in different <laughs> order than usual that most people go through and and uh, and I was I was happy. I, I was looking forward to to a life. Um, I had hope, and uh, I said, you know what? I've been kind of studying medicine, getting burned out, and I was ready to take a break. And so I took a break. I have three, two kids. <laughs> uh, three would be too many, but I have two kids, and I'm, I'm raising them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give them the the five years until they're five, 
and then I will uh, look into going back to medical school. And so now that um, they're they're at four, my oldest is four, so I, mean, I got a couple more years left. Uh, youngest is about three, and uh, and in between these years, I thought if I'm going to go back to medical school, I better keep my medical knowledge up to par with what's going on. And so I study medicine. Uh, I still study medicine, read the journals and things like that, and I teach medicine on a YouTube channel called Future Doc House, which led to um, helping students pass their uh, license exams as well as their exams, uh, uh, and creating uh, questions, medical questions, multiple choice medical questions to help them uh, pass their exams. And so, with this creativity going in there, led to um, the first, uh, say, nonfiction. Uh, book I wrote, which was, uh, is there a doctor aboard? And uh, and from there to the novel, which is fictitious, but uh, based on real medicine, based on real diseases, uh, uh, final diagnosis, no second chances. So there's the, the nutshell. <laughs> that's, that's quite awesome. Um, I know what it's like to live with a chronic illness as well. I mean, it all depends on your, your definition, but, you know, I, I suffer from uh, severe mental illness, um, you know, and you know, the pain is real on a mental level. Um, I suffer from chronic pain as well from uh, uh, from breaking my neck a few years back. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But the mental illness is what kills me on a daily basis. And you're right. I mean, unfortunately for me, I can never be cured. And, you know, if I miss my pills one day or if I'm just having a bad, you know, bipolar day, you know, I'm an asshole to be around. And it's horrible. And you're 100%. You hit the nail on the head and... You know, and that's one of the, the big things that I like to advocate for on this show is doesn't matter what your what your illness is. If you need help, get help because you're not only affecting yourself, but you're affecting the people around you that love you and care about you. And you're only going to push yourself push them away and then end up alone. And then God knows what will happen. Oh, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, I, I've got the bipolar tendencies as well. And and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you think about it. Um, you know, everyone asked me, it's you know, you, you wrote a novel and then you produced a film, you know, and now you're starting this med buzzfeed YouTube channel. Like, when are you going to stop? You know, when are you going to stop being this kind of, uh, you know, situation, um, you know, up and down and, and all around in a sense. And, and, and don't forget, med buzzfeed, um, I'm playing three personalities. I'm, I'm, you know, the host, JT Maticus. I'm also future Doc House, the lecturer on medicine. And then uh, there's another character. <laughs> Uh, named Jessica, where she's the uh, millennial uh, intern <laughs> that I also play as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it's uh, you know, people ask, how can you play three three alter egos? Well, uh, you might have to have a, a bit of a <laughs> mental issue <laughs> to, to, to be able to do that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I, I would say I definitely have uh, some uh, other pers alternate personalities when I'm, you know, in a certain state of mind. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's no fun. <laughs> I like to joke about it. Um, like when I'm having a manic, no, not a manic day, um, a, 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 a depressed day. Um, I like to call him bipolar Bob and, and oh you know, bipolar Bob is just, you know, the, my worst enemy. He can beat my ass. Um, I love my manic days when I'm all excited and happy and yeah. <laughs> um, but those are becoming actually a lot more frequently lately, thankfully. So that's good. That's good. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean, my meds are finally right. Um, I think I'm finally starting to get on the path of you know wellness. But it's 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 definitely a war that I'll never win. But damn it, I'm gonna win a bunch of battles in the meantime. 
keep fighting, brother. Keep fighting. Absolutely. So what made you decide, you know, I know you said you were going to go back to middle school school and you were kind of sitting at home, you know, taking care of your kids, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, what made you decide to start writing a book and produce a film and all this other stuff? Were you just bored? Were you just, was it something that you've always wanted to do? I mean, what was it? What, what came about that way? Uh, I, I, I think I, I now I, I, yeah, I, I wrote the first chapter. I, I wrote the first chapter on my iPhone. Um, and, um, I just, I just kind of got into this whole, like, uh, state, this whole different kind of, um, situation where it's like, you know, if, you know, how would I have, uh, if I was uh, a genius doctor, how would I have approached this this case, the situation where um, you know you have a chronically ill patient? He's, you know, he might be crazy, but he's also he's got, you know, he's got something. He's in medical school, you know, and so what what's what is really wrong with him? Well, and, and all these different symptoms, and which symptom is is really related? Which symptom is not related? You know, and I'm trying to uh, get a final diagnosis, and so I kind of created these uh say characters or say alter egos maybe even um that are kind of of me but um not me and you've got um you've got the genius doctor you've got the um anger angry <laughs> I, I call him an anger management doctor who is really always angry uh and then you've got like the uh the hacker uh doctor who's very good with computers and uh and knows how to kind of uh, take data in and process it and come to a diagnosis. And then you've got the, I call him the pharmacist, but he's, he's a doctor, he's an MD, but he's, he knows, he knows his medicine. He knows drugs uh, and he knows what to do with which chemical compounds can really uh, treat and cure a, a, a patient. Put these four into a room, lock them up and say, come to a diagnosis or, or you die, you know, and there you go. There's the premise of the novel. And uh, and there and that's why it's a medical spy uh, thriller in a sense. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. yeah. So was writing that book kind of um, oh, what's the word? Um, cathartic. <laughs> yeah, cathartic. There you go. Thank you. Um, was yeah. Was it? Uh yeah, yeah. I just kind of uh, you know because you don't want to blame the twelve specialists to, for not finding the diagnosis. You kind of want to understand where they're coming from. And why they kept on going in different directions, um, and 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 try to you know uh, you know be a devil's advocate in a sense. But on the same note, you're kind of upset and disappointed that these twelve specialists couldn't come to a diagnosis, and you suffered for three, four years uh, of your of your life, which is I guess not a you know not that bad. It could be worse. Um, and yeah, so it was cathartic. And then you added, and you 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 write this, and then you you give these characters and bring them to life, and then you bring in different other diseases and other scenarios, and and you throw in uh, a powerful agency, say like the CIA agency that gets involved in there, and and it's uh, it's very uh, you know James Bondish in a sense. Um, you know, we have it set in Europe and, and things like that, so. Uh, yeah, it was fun, and I traveled all over the, the world. Um, I, I've been to Brazil and all over Europe and Japan and, and China, of course. Uh, that's that's my heritage. So, uh, I mean, I, I throw all these experiences into a novel, and, and I wrote the first chapter. I sent it off to a buddy of mine who she's an avid reader, and she loved it. And I, I mean, she's she's she can be critical, and she loved it. She said, "When's the next chapter?" I was like, "Are you serious? I mean, you're not just saying this to make me feel." 
better about myself. You know, even though I, I like feeling better about myself, who doesn't? <laughs> but uh, exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, if you really want the second chapter, I'll, I'll, I'll write it. She's like, continue writing it, finish it, and then send me the book. And I'm like, okay. So I just kept plowing through it, and um, I think in a year's time, we we had something final, and uh, we sent it off to the editor and all that stuff. And here we are. <laughs> So what was it like, you know, holding that first copy in your hand? Oh, wow. It was, uh, it was real. It was real. It was, it was really, really cheaply printed, <laughs> the first edition. Uh, but it was real. And uh, it was uh, falling apart in my hands. But uh, we, we got it fixed. <laughs> so uh, um, it's, it's really um, – it's amazing. I, I, I still – I never thought I'd be a writer. You know, my, my, when I was in college – uh my uh my writing uh the i think we have to do english 101 i got a c maybe a c plus i don't know i can't remember uh he he wasn't a very friendly teacher <laughs> and then the second uh one uh, english 102 i got a d <laughs> and she definitely wasn't a friendly friendly teacher i never thought i'd be a novelist or a writer or anything and, and uh and uh you know i thought oh, okay so i'm not a i'm not going to be an english major <laughs> or english writer and here I am um, writing something that people uh, enjoyed and, 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 and hopefully will enjoy uh, the, those that purchased a novel. And it's, it was real. And it's, it's driven me to continue the series. So there's five books in the series. So the second one's actually 90% done. Um, I still have to have a, a look over it, add some final touches, and then it's going to be off to the editor. So there we go. That's awesome. That yeah. is so awesome. Um, so now that you've done this and you've already produced a movie as well, you know, in a couple of years' time, when you know that five-year mark is up, are you still looking to go back into medicine, or are you, you know, wanting to continue to pursue this? I mean, what exactly are you looking to do now? Uh, I think uh, I still have time. Um, definitely, I need to finish my novel series one way or another. Um, if I receive uh, very good, say, um, feedback um, for for the for the movie. Um, I guess we'll continue that direction, but uh, I, I, I find myself not desiring to be the, the producer. <laughs> it, it was very, it was a lot of work. Oh yeah, and, uh, uh, stressful, and uh, I, I would love to have, um, um, say, a professional even <laughs> take over that role and uh, and and continue that journey. Um, obviously, um, based off of my say uh, input, because um, I'm obviously the creator. Um, and then, of course, um, yeah, I think um, everyone keeps telling me it's a shame that I didn't finish medicine. Uh, I, I obviously have a very good, um, um, you know, knowledge of it, um, and uh, and you know, I get I get a lot of feedback from uh, well, I get the trolls. Who doesn't get the trolls on on Future Doc House, the, the lecture series? Yeah. Uh, but I also get uh, the the ones that privately email me and say, look, um, I hope you get this email. I just wanted to say thank you. I, I became a doctor because of your videos, and and that really, that really makes me uh, uh, one happy uh, that I could do that. Two, uh, you know, uh, it's sad that I didn't end up being a, a doctor, you know, and and having that MD after my, uh, I guess my name. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think uh, it, you know, I, who knows? But um, definitely, uh, it, it would be a shame if I didn't become a doctor. I guess in the sense that's that's the. You know, the gist of it, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, and, you know, I mean, also, if that was something that you always had your heart set on, you know, you know, being a doctor or, you know, stuff like that, especially, you know, from what I understand, you know, 
especially in Asian culture. I mean, that's, you know, that's the epitome of, you know, you made it is being a doctor. And, you know, um, I have a lot of Asian friends. It was, you know, well, uh, especially in the comedy community that I would run in. It's like, yeah, I, I was going to be a comedian. I always wanted to be a comedian, but my mom wanted me to be a doctor. And if you're either a doctor, a lawyer or somebody in finance, and if you're not one of those things, you failed in your, your parents' eyes. Um, I mean, now, obviously, that's a joke version of it. But, you know, I, I do have a lot of friends who are like, they they almost pushed me out of the house and laughed at me for wanting to do something else. So I mean, you know, but it, but at the same time, if it was something that you dearly wanted to do, yeah. and you can manage a way to do both, that's fantastic because it's only going to help your you know your your career as a writer to make sure you're staying up and you know stuff like that. But then also the the level of satisfaction you get from helping people on the medical side, you know, and that's yeah. that's a big key. Yeah, def- I mean, um, when when even, even to this day, uh, I get I get people to ask me advice about um, uh, medicine. You know, uh, whether it's a heart condition, a thyroid condition, uh, diabetes, even all that stuff. Um, but the best ones, I guarantee you, the best ones are when, um, say, uh, a twenty to thirty year old uh, comes to me and goes, um, "I've got a got a rash," where um, down down there, I'm like, "Oh my." what who did you know what no you know what i don't even want to know does it does it burn yeah okay burns um is there um uh, is, is it is there a, a yellow discharge coming yeah okay you're gonna need to go i can't prescribe the medicine i'm not a doctor you need to go to your doctor and ask for this drug and and why here's why <laughs> get the antibiotics <laughs> And get tested for the other stuff too while you're there. Jesus. But, um, <laughs> and if I had a dog for every time I got one of those, uh, say, uh, help me. I'm like, <laughs> but, um, but on the same note, it's also fun to help. Um, and I had, a, I had a friend who, um, who was diagnosed with lupus. And I'm like, you know what? It's never lupus. It really is never lupus. But he had lupus. And I went through it. And I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't find it any other way to explain what he had except it being lupus. And I said, wow, you are, um, it's a shame because it's chronic and it's rare. Uh, and, uh, I'm sorry that the doctors are right. <laughs> you know, it was, it was tough. It was tough to actually confirm that, uh, you know, a good friend of mine has this, um, horrible, horrible, uh, uh illness. It's, it's, it's horrible. But, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. My mother-in-law has lupus as well. Um, and, and it, it, she got, di- she had to go to like five different specialists to just confirm it. You're right. It's, it's misdiagnosed all the time, but yeah. yeah, she went to five different specialists before they finally came to that conclusion. And it was, it's not, it's rough on her. So I, I definitely feel for your friend there. I know that for a fact. Um, all right. But with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick commercial break and we're going to go into some more stuff here and we'll be right back. Guys, ever wonder how I get this manly beard looking so good? It's all because of Viking Revolution. And at Viking Revolution, not only can you get some great beard balms, but you can also get some great beard oils, as well as some awesome quick shower pads, which helps prevent you stanking up after the gym. Also, these great wet wipes, which help prevent, you know, stanking after you know, going doo-doo. And also some pomades and some other great products all at Viking Revolution. So do yourself a favor, go to dcproductions.com forward slash sponsors, click on the banner, and get yourself some of these great products. Viking Revolution. Join the revolution. All right, we're back. 
So one of the things that um, I did research about you is because because um, this kind of touched my heart and uh, it was kind of a big thing for a lot of people um, is your medical activist side. Um, you know, with all the let's for lack of a better word, let's just call it what it is. You know, all the bullshit in this country, you know, that goes on in the medical system whether it's big pharma, whether it's insurance companies, or whether it's, you know, oh, sorry, you don't have insurance, and we're not even going to, we're going to treat them as treat them, you know, and, you know, stuff like that, you know, w there's a lot of reasons why you could be an advocate. Why are you? Because I've, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've been in the, in the system. You think about it. Uh, chronic illness for, uh, what, four of those years of uh, my life. I'm, I'm still a young guy. Uh, and then, of course, I've had 13 knee operations. Um, uh, I've had both of my shoulders. Um, uh, it's called a subacromial impingement um, decompression. Uh, and I've had two eye surgeries for uh, something called uh, strabismus, um, uh, a wandering eye. I mean, I've been in this system. I've, I've poured thousands of dollars into the, the healthcare system just because of my issues. Uh, on top of that, um, I have to buy insurance, which is not cheap. And uh, a family of four, I'm paying two grand, you know. And yeah, I could pay less. Uh, I could, you know, um, I could actually get a job and have uh, have my employer pay uh, something, right? Whatever. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it is what it is, and um, and and that's not it. Uh, you're talking about all right. You're paying two grand uh, a month, <laughs> a month. Uh, for medical insurance, you go see the doctor. You got to pay something like a fifty to seventy-five dollar copay just to see the doctor. And then, oh, um, every time they touch you, X-ray, uh, an injection here, uh, you know, whatever. Those are all billable uh, things that the insurance doesn't pay uh, eighty percent of until you reach a, uh, a minimum. So you have to spend six thousand dollars on top of your two thousand a month uh, for the year before the insurance kicks in their 80% uh, uh, payment. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm spending, say, $30,000 before I even get the insurance to, uh, to come in and help me out here. And, that's that, and the only reason I keep doing this is because one, one knee uh, surgery is going to cost me $15,000, you know. And, uh, and so there's my 6000 into the pot, and, and uh, they will pay 80% of the other uh, – uh, nine thousand dollars you know uh my wife giving birth you know it's not as expensive as a knee but still it's up there you're talking about ten thousand dollar situation so two kids thousand yep. dollars um you know and uh and and this is me and i'm and i'm fortunate i i can afford a you know twenty four thousand uh, dollars a year for uh, a family of four to to pay for the insurance uh, let alone on top of that whatever i need to pay if there is some medical crisis uh, but what about the other people, the other, say, 99% that we always are fighting for, uh, who who has to have a job to have insurance, and then, and then on top of that, they still have to pay the, the the minimums and all that stuff. And then medicine. You know, I hope, you know, Trump uh, did, did what he said he was going to do with the prescription drugs. A $10 prescription drug in the, for the last five years, this year I went to fill it, was $50. It's the same drug. It, it, it's generic. It hasn't changed. How is it $50 from $10, maybe $20 if there's, you know, a crazy inflation for the dollar? But 
not fifty dollars. You know, and imagine if this was insulin, and this is a life a life saving medicine. And yeah. so, yeah, this is this does drive me up the wall. It drives me bats, you know, and 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 let alone what if you have, uh, say, a mental health issue, and you need those, uh, you know, norepinephrine or, uh, you know, all those uh, other um, stabilizers, mental uh, mood stabilizers. I'm trying to find the layman's term for it <laughs> to to help you to help you uh, exist, to help you. Uh, calm down those uh those spikes in in your in your mental health and now you don't have that now you can't afford that and then now you know people the people, police is being caught on you because you were just having a just an unfortunate day and then yeah god forbid you're a african-american or even hispanic and they they think you're dangerous and they shoot you you know and that's uh that is the the real real problem with america you know is the it's the healthcare system yeah and so I want to I want to just let the government know and let the people know to solve this. First, we need to burn all the insurance companies down. OK, it's it's not helping. They're driving the cost up too much. It's ridiculous. OK, insurance is not protecting you. The insurance company is making a profit off of you. Second, we need more doctors. So I don't know what organization is out there that's preventing the number of doctors being created in this country, let alone protecting them from suicide or leaving the profession. But those organizations need to step up. We need to increase the number of doctors and we need to prevent the doctors from leaving the practice. Because I get it. If you, uh, uh, my colleagues that finished medicine, they're telling me, I'm so happy for you. I'm like, why? You became the doctor. They said, no, <laughs> I'm so happy you didn't become a doctor. We're working 12 hours a day helping people getting paid twelve dollars an hour <laughs> i said wow that's that's pretty bad uh you know I, I i don't blame i don't blame people dropping out of their profession yeah you think yeah I, and i think i, I said enough. <laughs> no i mean no you hit the nail on the head i mean because the thing about it in this country you know everywhere in the world you know there's a few things in life that you should never profit off of um and medicine is one of them because i mean we all have a basic human right of life and you know you know there's a ton of countries out there that don't charge a damn dime and don't have big pharma but yet you know in this country people are like well i don't want to pay extra taxes on my you know my in i don't want to pay extra taxes oh i don't want to pay into a system where it goes you know somewhere else because it might not even go for me well I'm going to go ahead and let everybody in on a little secret. You're already doing that. <laughs> because because if whether you're paying like you are $2,000 a month for your premiums or the difference you have a job that you you still pay 3 or 400 dollars a month in premiums. Yeah. You know, then now say for instance that premium is now your tax. So you're not paying anything more. But then at the same time, if you go if you spend your $400 or $2,000 a month whatever your premiums are, a month and never go to the doctor the entire year where do you think that money goes towards that heart surgery that you never had that year or you know little susie's you know broken leg down the street somewhere along the lines your money is not going toward you so you're everything you're complaining about you're already doing i'll give you a little insight so i went to the er in uh, czech republic long story short there was a 
an accident that uh, forced me to need stitches on my leg. <laughs> we won't get into the details, but the details is, is quite humorous. <laughs> um, and uh, let's say I was misbehaving. So you can, we'll let your imagination run wild. <laughs> so a gash on the back of my leg. I go to the, uh, the ER uh, in, in Czech Republic. And uh, the guy does the lidocaine, a couple of stitches, patches me up and sends me off, right? That ER visit in America would have cost me $3,000. Do you know how I know this? Because recently I cut my finger and had to get seven stitches on my finger, you know, with a little x-ray and everything, $3,000. You know how much it cost me in Czech Republic? I had to pay cash because, you know, I'm not a citizen. I didn't have, I didn't have socialized medicine. So I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll pay cash. How much is it? 50 US dollars, 50 US dollars, two stitches, lidocaine, and a surgeon, well, a doctor at least, sewing you up, 50 bucks. And here, it's $3,000. Oh, this is with insurance, by the way. <laughs> what is going on? Imagine if I had something major. <laughs> and that's what brings me to my next point. I mean, today kicks off Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Cancers in this country alone um, are re, you know, are running rampant, and there's no way in my, you know, my conspiracy theory brain that we can be in 2020 and not have at least some type of cure or better system for, you know, cancer. You know, there's no way we don't have that. But you know, because we're in such a privatized medicine you know everything's for profit and sicker people make more you know give you more money you know that it's that's the messed up thing that you know we're watching millions of americans die every year of cancer and some of them don't have insurance or some of them just can't afford it even with insurance you know and it is a crisis in this country and nobody seems to talk about it i mean one of the biggest things that i'm uh, i i can kind of attribute this to is this and maybe you remember this maybe not but a few years back, maybe five years back, four years back, something like that, I believe it was in Germany, they found a gentleman that had an immunity to AIDS. Mm -hmm. There was something with his blood that, and then they kind of um, synthesized that, and now they're kind of making a vaccine, or they're doing something with it over there in Europe. Yeah, I'll explain to you. But yeah, yeah. something along those lines, yeah. Um, but then when the news got out here, and everyone was all excited about it, and then all of a sudden it just kind of vanished. And nobody's talked about it since. So can you elaborate something on more on something like that? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, future Doc House here. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, I give lectures. Um, so in a nutshell, um, it's, it's actually a genetic sequence um, that um, is very uh, prevalent in the Scandinavian population, population which Scandinavian and Germany is quite, it's quite close. Um, so that region, um, you might actually carry this uh, genetic sequence um, that basically makes the, the T cell uh, uh, not capture the, the virus. In, in a sense, um, the virus doesn't stick to the cell, okay, in a sense. And if the virus doesn't stick into the cell, it doesn't um, uh, prevent the immune system from, uh, from working. Um, it, just, it just, the virus hits it, it, it disappears, it, you're, you're immune, it doesn't affect you. The virus, you're immune to the virus. The virus will not affect you. It will not get into the host cell and cause havoc. Um, that's the, the nutshell of it. Now, in order to get this immunity into, say, um, an average person that doesn't have this gene sequence in them, uh, theoretically, uh, uh, theoretically, um, I think they've, they've tried it in a few gentlemen, uh, in a few patients. 
But theoretically, if you destroy the immune system, do a kind of a, uh, um, uh, a blood um, kind of a, you know, um, blood kind of transfusion, but not blood transfusion, it's the um, marrow, like a marrow transfusion. But in order to do a marrow transfusion, you know, in cancer patients, you have to destroy the immune system, destroy those cells to give the new um, uh, immunity from the marrow um, transfer, transplant, and then let that take hold to get rid of, um, usually it's um, uh, a white blood cell uh, disorder, uh, leukocyte, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, lymphatic, oh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> uh, blood cancer. You know, I can't find okay. it. Blood yeah. cancer. Um, but that's dangerous because you're destroying the immune system to gain uh, uh, immunity from, uh, from, from AIDS, uh, from HIV. Um, so it does exist. It can theoretically happen. They have tried on some patients. Um, it's just, uh, it's just a, not a viable situation for mass, uh, a, a mass kind of uh, situation for the, the rest of the population to, to go through that, that procedure. And it's very expensive, of course. Um, I think what we've done um, as a medical community is we've really come down to the point where we have really, really good antiviral agents. And yet, even though we still have to come up with new ones, new antiviral agents, um, due to the fact that HIV is continually uh, mutating, um, we basically are able to um, get the uh, patient to um, outlive um, HIV. So usually they won't die from HIV. They usually would die from something else like cancer or uh, yeah. ODA or, or whatever, you know, things like that. And that's um, and I think that's uh, the best case scenario at the moment. The problem is, is that back to the insurance company, if you run out of insurance, if you can't afford these medicine, these life saving uh, HIV medicine, or if you have some uh, Jack, you know, person. Uh, I can't. I don't know if I can say that word. You can but, say whatever you want on this show. That's fine. If you have a if you have a jackass uh, running a pharmaceutical company that uh, makes the life saving HIV medicine from a hundred dollars, three hundred dollars to three thousand uh, dollars, then we have a problem, and that's yeah. that's that's uh, unfortunate. Um, but I think we we are on the right track with uh, therapeuticals for uh, HIV, so we don't go that route where we try to um, create the immunity. Um, to HIV, to to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you know, even though I was wrong on my my uh, assertion there, um, I think you know the point I was trying to make still kind of is valid because you you kind of say it yourself, you know, the you know we heard about it and then it just kind of went away, and you know we don't hear about the testing, we don't hear about the other stuff like that, and mm -hmm. you know we don't even know what they're doing right now in clinical trials here in America unless you go sign up for one. You know I think you know we're out of the loop so much that we come up with our own theories on what's really going on because they're not talking yeah. to us. And, and I think that's part of the issue, you know, like, you know, my lack of knowledge, you know, maybe make up things in my head or whatever the case might be for that situation. But, you know, I'm only getting I only got a half truth and I couldn't figure out the reason why. Was it did they actually cure it over there or did they just kind of here in America say, no, we're not even going to talk about it anymore? <laughs> I just didn't know. So um but, you know, that's that's one of the things we're just out of the loop. And I think that's really doing a disservice, because if we knew that they were at least working on something. Yeah, we know they're working on cancer drugs. We know they're doing this. We know they're doing that. We know it's going on. But where are they at? What specifically is going on? What you know, how do we know that we're our our lives are in the right hands? Well, I always tell people this, that with cancer, uh, we've cured about 90 percent of the cancers. 
Um, the other 10% uh, is either very aggressive or, um, you know, um, uh, uncurable, let's just say, um, in a sense. Um, but if you uh, are able to diagnose a patient at an early, early stage, so where the money should be going to is not actually cancer, um, say, cures or therapeutics, which are very expensive, but actually diagnostics. And recently, um, I can't remember which cancers, but um, now they have a blood test that can um, catch um, uh, five, up to five of the, of the dangerous cancers out there uh, through a blood test at an early stage. Yeah. And that's the direction we should be going in. We should be able to, you know what, if pancreatic cancer, for example, uh, Ginsburg, uh, and, and all those famous people, Steve Jobs and, and so many people from pancreatic cancer. If we can diagnose pancreatic cancer at an early stage and uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman yep. uh, uh, through a blood test, you know, a blood test is simple. It's, uh, you know, even if it's a hundred bucks, it's simple. You take the drug, uh, take the blood, you run it through the machine, see if these, if there's these markers for pancreatic cancer, if there is, hey, we need to treat this now. We need to get you on these therapies now. We need to chemo you now, you know, radiation you now. When you're strong, when you're still healthy, when you can fight this battle, you know. And um, and that's what drives me nuts because if we spent more money on diagnostic research and catch these cancers early, well, you have a 90% chance of being cured. It's yeah. the 10% because they diagnosed it too late or it's an aggressive form of cancer and you're finished. That's the yeah. problem. Absolutely. And going back to, you know, that, that what you just said about the cancer is being able to t do blood tests for it. You know, I know that, you know, the one of those five is breast cancer with the BRCA gene. Um, um, I remember um, two or three years ago, my aunt came down with, a, you know, breast cancer. Uh, she survived. Luckily, she had a double mastectomy and everything was good to go. But my grandmother had it as well um, years and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so my mom and everybody was like, you know what? Let's just go get tested. Let's go see if we have this gene because, you know, it won't guarantee that we're going to get it. But at that point, if you do have it, it's a 70% chance of you actually getting it. So we even went and tested my daughters. We tested my mom. Everybody in the family went and got tested. Now, luckily, you know, nobody had it, thankfully. But it's like, okay, at least we have that peace of mind. Um, and if we they did have it, you know, then it's like, okay, so where do we go from here? So, um, you know, there's all these things that are available to us that sometimes we just don't know about. And I think you're 100% right. You hit the nail on the head. Being that we don't know about it, we tend to kind of shoot, you know, poo-poo it off, and and then it's too late. That's the that's the truth. And then now we're going back to the medical industry because let's say you do have cancer, chemotherapy is sixty thousand dollars a year, you know, or at least for that treatment. You know, it's not just one shot. You got to keep going, you know, small dose at a time until you can reach a tolerable dose, which is pretty high, which is the eff effective dose. <laughs> and then that's the dose you're vomiting, you're losing your hair, you're miserable. And if you're not strong enough and you can't survive that, they, 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 they just let you know. You can't get through the chemo, get yourself, get your situation in order. You know? And that's, that's tough. That's, that's the, the problem. But if you can get diagnosed early where you still are strong, your immune system is still strong, uh, you've got some meat on you. Um, you can get through it. You can get through the chemo. It's it's rough, okay. But if you're already sick and uh, dying, in a sense, stage three cancer even, and you're gone going on on chemo, well, uh, whew, you know that's it's tough. And you know, there are there are many fighters out there, but there's also many that um, you know just can't handle it. It's 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 not pretty. It's the chemo is so bad. 
you know, they have to give it to you in slow doses. Um, otherwise, you will react badly to it. it. It's poison. They're using poison to kill it, to kill a, a you know, a tumor, a, a, a you know, poisonous cell. Uh, you got to poison the cell, and in doing so, you're poisoning your body. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that that's the uh, the go-to therapy at the moment, uh, especially when there's a lot more better uh, therapies, even though it's more expensive. But then we're back to the same problem. Well, the insurance company paid for it, you know. Yeah. So <sighs> and it's sad that we actually have to ask that question. <laughs> it's it's horrible we have to ask that. Question. It is. It is, and. And, and people just don't get it. And, you know, do your research, people. I mean, I guarantee you that if you have any, I'm not talking directly to you, I'm talking to the audience, but I guarantee you if you have Canadian friends, I guarantee you at least half of your Canadian friends that actually immigrated here from Canada actually keep dual citizenship just so they can keep their, their free medical care in Canada. I bet you everything I own that at least half of them have done that because I've known every single candidate Canadian I've known that has migrated here, not, not, not born here and just call themselves Canadian. I'm talking about migrated here, have, have due to dual citizenship for that exact reason. And nobody, you know, and yeah, and they just don't want to talk about how bad it is up there, but it's really not. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think, uh, I read something in the papers that, you know, you, they're, they're not only smuggling, uh, say, fentanyl and, and some of the harder drugs uh, from Canada to America, but I think they found somebody smuggling insulin. 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 Are you kidding me? And they got in trouble for it, but he was smuggling insulin from Canada to, to America. It's ridiculous that you have to cross the border, you know, to get a life-saving medicine so that you can survive, that you can live. It's, it's disgusting. I, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking, too. It really is. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's something that I hope, you know, at least we start seeing change on. Um, then, you know, there's been little changes here and there. But every time a change happens that, you know, affects people's money, they immediately start talking about, let's go ahead and repeal it. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's, let's change that. It's not right. And da, da, da. You know, I mean. I he, used to work for Big Pharma. I know. Yeah, I know, I, and I'm not like I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to them, but it's just, it's it. just, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just sad, you know. And I haven't worked for big pharma, but I have worked on the front side of it because um, I was a store manager for you know two different retail chains. Okay. So, um, and we manage the pharmacy. You know, even though we have nothing to do with the pharmacy, we still manage it to manage the people, manage the money, and so on and so forth. Um, and you know, I remember days when my pharmacist manager would come to me and say, hey, you know, we're down this week. However, I know for a fact I've got Mr. Blah, blah, blah coming in this week and he's going to pick up two cancer drugs. So we'll be all right. We'll make the sales this week. And that's sickening that I, that she would a know that it was coming up on auto refill coming up soon just so she can plan on those sales. But it's like, don't worry about it. Mr. So-and-so, he's got $24,000 in cancer drugs coming up this week, so we're going to be just fine, boss. It, it cringed every time something like that happened. Yeah, well, I, I didn't do any better. I went to the doctor and I said, yeah, our drug is way too expensive. Do not prescribe our drug. <laughs> and I did this in front of my sales manager. And uh, it was funny because, you know, 
I think all the doctors are just kind of used to prescribe, prescribe my drug, prescribe my drug, prescribe my medicine, you know, sell my drug for me, <laughs> make me hit quota. And I told him, I said, don't do it. No. And he looked at me, he's like, what? I said, no, no, no. I mean, I, you, you've got your patients under control, you know, their, their um, situations under control. Don't use my medicine. Then he finally said, well, what's good about your medicine? I said, well, your, my medicine is only good for these type of patients, but I don't know if you have any of these patients because you're a good doctor. I think all your patients are going to be <laughs> stable. And he said, you know what? I have three patients I've been trying to get stable. Where's your samples? <laughs> he took my samples. <laughs> but you know what happened? My sales manager in, in, my, in my car, I was driving her around, asked me, why did you tell him not to prescribe because everything else wasn't working so I, I took the cell away and he actually took three samples so i don't know i think we might it might work <laughs> a little bit of reverse psychology there i love it <laughs> i get it no i get it i mean if you're a doctor and you know you know what's best for your patients why use my hundred dollar <laughs> prescription medicine when you've got them stable on twenty dollars thirty dollars you know <laughs> I get it, and uh, and you know what? For me, it, it just it wasn't about the sale. It was just like I just I just had fun educating the, the doctors about about medicine, about new things, um, and that's why they told me you should be a doctor. Don't 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 be a, a pill pusher. And so, uh, here I am. Uh, I studied medicine, but uh, not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember when I was first going through my my diagnosis phase of, you know, my mental illness and they weren't sure. So, you know, like they do with all mental illness patients, they, they, they make you a guinea pig. They start you off with one. And, oh, if this doesn't work in a couple of weeks, come back and see me. We'll change you to a different one. And you, you just start doing this round robin of SSRIs and everything else like that. And blah, 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 blah. So I remember the first time I got it, they, they prescribed me Zoloft. Mm-hmm. And as I was leaving, you know, going to sign out and pay my copay, you know, the pen I signed, you know, the, the thing at was a Zoloft pen. You know, the calendar that was sitting there was a Zoloft calendar. It's like, oh, I, I know why I got Zoloft. Now, it made me suicidal, and um, I came off that stuff real quick, and now I'm on Lexapro, and I've been good with Lexapro since, but it was just like... That was the funniest thing to me. I'm like, I've never witnessed it. I've always known noon. I've always known that kind of stuff happens, but to actually witness it firsthand in such a you know a blatant way was hilarious to me. Yeah, we get we get uh, we got shipped. Uh, I think something like ten thousand pens, um, <laughs> and we would just walk. We literally walk into every office with like twenty five pens and go, "Oh, these pens look dried up. <laughs> Use our pens." <laughs> We're doing you a service here. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> uh. it was what it was. Um, uh, we, you know, we we were worried about the staff not getting fed well. So, hey, you know, I'm I'm running over to uh, uh, what's a good burrito place or you know place you guys go to? Oh, that place? Yeah, I'm running over there anyways. What would you guys like? <laughs> that's awesome i'm pretty sure the dog wants something could you run in and ask what the dog wants <laughs> <laughs> oh it was it was horrible we did so many bad things uh uh i remember one time um my my sales manager was was so i guilt to the doctors i said my sales manager is here tonight and he she wants to take you out for dinner so um we're gonna be here at a five-star restaurant you know 
Um, don't bring your wife, okay, because we can't pay for her, you know. But yeah, uh, let's be at this restaurant, you know. And all of a sudden, three doctors, three of their wives, well, you know, three doctors with their wives show up, and me and the sales manager, and we're just having a great time on the company, uh, you know, making sure that the doctors are well fed, <laughs> you know, taking care of the doctors. <laughs> No, not not selling. It was a, it was a social call. It wasn't a sales call. <laughs> Such dirty tactics in that industry, man. Oh my god, that's insane. People at home, this shit happens for real. It is not just a joke on some comedy, you know, medical show. This shit happens. Oh yeah, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> I got out of it. I mean, I I got out of it. I, uh, I was I was too good for the industry. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think you took the much more noble path. Uh, I think I had to. I, I think it just, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Oh, man. Um, go ahead. But it was fun. Um, I, I did learn a lot. Um, I, I got insight on the industry. Uh, I, I did learn what I did not want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, it drove me to uh, to this, uh, this stage of my, of my life, you know, a novelist, film producer, uh, teaching medicine on YouTube and uh, working on all these fun projects to get more doctors into this country. We need more doctors. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And nurses, too. We need more nurses. Always yeah. need more nurses. Definitely. Actually, in fact, I think uh, we need, uh, you know, 10 times as many nurses as doctors and we need to pay them better. We need to pay them a doctor's salary at this point. They, they know as much as doctors um, when it comes to say 90% of what they're going to see, uh, the illnesses that they're going to see. Um, obviously when it comes to say um, stitches or, or uh, you know, more finesse type of things that needs to be done by a, a, a doctor's hands. Well then of course we'll get the doctor into, to, but even PAs, uh, physicians assistants are very good at, at sewing, uh, sewing patients up. Um, and they're doing it. They're doing a phenomenal job doing that. Um, so you know things like that. I think just we need we need a bigger medical staff. Really, you know. I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. Um, so where can people find your book? Uh, Amazon.com. So uh, find me through JT Maticus, which is a uh, hopefully an unusual enough name for you to remember as well as to uh, to locate me. The book is. Final Diagnosis, No Second Chances. So the first novel is No Second Chances. And uh, sneak peek, the second novel is Final Diagnosis, School of Medicine. So that's where we continue the journey of, of uh, No Second Chances uh, with these, uh, these characters that I've written. And then the film, uh, it's all on Amazon. And uh, the film is, uh, the first film, I'm not very creative apparently, but uh, it's uh, the working title is No Second Chances, which is um, kind of the uh, the, the first part of the uh, of the novel. Um, it, the novel was too big to shoot the whole thing, so we we shot the first, I think, three or four chapters of, of the novel um, as a as a full feature film. It's got um, original music um, commission for for that film. Um, great uh, great soundtrack. Um, there is a a, a great uh, a, a soundtrack beat in there um, where uh, it's it's going to be um, it's everyone's favorite part of the film at this moment uh, the, that they that those that have seen it and uh and hopefully it's still in post-production but hopefully we'll get it out by uh, by next year by early next year you know, that's the goal if not by christmas but hey you know we'll we'll do our best that's awesome man dude you are 
um, a, a funny guy. You're, you know, you're a lighthearted, uh, you know, caring individual. And, and I love just the path that you've chosen for yourself and your family. Um, I think that's really honorable. And I've had nothing but a blast talking to you this last hour. Thank you very much, Gary. Let's do this again. Dude, I would love to do it again with you. I could talk to you for hours upon hours upon hours. You, you, you are just an amazing dude. And I just, I had a blast. So I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, when the movie comes out, we'll definitely talk again. Let's do it. All right, man. You have a good one now, and you take care of your family. We'll talk soon. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All righty, righty, righty. And that was Thursday, your Friday Eve edition of Suck It Podcast. What a great guy that uh, what JT is. What a a great guy. Um, Had a great conversation with him. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. But... Tomorrow, I have a su- amazing singer-songwriter on the show by the name of Shevin Roberts. Beautiful, talented, just amazing lady, and I cannot wait to talk to her. So you'll see that tomorrow night, 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West, right here. But until then, guys... Stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.